0: We are doing a new special series which I've called The Secrets of Change. I've waited for so long to do this series. How can I change my life? How can I move from where I am to where I ought to be to make progress? How can I? What are the secrets to change? And listen, we are not doing this series because... There is nothing else to teach. And that's why I want to do what I want to do. I want to show you that in Christianity there is an established curriculum of development. Painfully, many have not this of the things I'll be saying today, we'll be looking, some of you will hear it for the first time. Many have not subscribed to it, some of them don't know about it. They've never heard anything about it. How many of you were around during the discipleship service class when Pastor Wisdom was teaching? So let's open the Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. You know, it's come better, so we can flow. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 6. Or well, let's start from Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 12. Let's take 12 to 14. Hebrews 5, verse 12. Everybody, 1, 2, 3, go. Hebrews 5, verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need, I don't want to teach you again. That be. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. I remember reading this verse. And I was so struck by that phrase, first principles. Why was I so struck about it? Because <laughs> I'd had an encounter that in- engraved that w- phrase on my heart, first principles. So my mom went to meet... A certain big man in presidential hotel. And then I think I was in SS2. And so I had to follow her with, uh, with my school uniform. And I went with her. And this man, as I then was 72 years of age. Quite an old man. 72. So he looked at me and said, schoolboy, how are you? I said, I'm fine. What class are you in? I said, I'm in SS2. He smiled I said, Ah, they call it SS now. That time they used to call it from one, from two. He said, Can you solve the quadratic equation from first principles? I said, I can solve the quadratic equation. He said, how do you solve it? I said, Use the formula minus b plus or minus square root b square minus four a c over two a. He said, No, that's the formula. What's the first principles? I said, ah. ah. You know where somebody punctured your balloon? And I was like, principles. He said, "If you don't know it from first principles, you don't know it." That's his baritone voice. If you don't know it from first principles, you don't know it. He brought out a white sheet of paper. He left my mom that came to see him, left their matter and faced me. And I was just standing there. You know that kind of feeling. And big man, his protocol people there. You just feel like, oh God, I just, I just feel my hand. Maybe if I did this tonight, he would have give me five hundred naira. <laughs> You know, up, I was one billion, no. Not now that Sappa has things. <laughs> so he said, you know what? I will fix another meeting. You will come and show me how to solve this thing from first principles. And I went back that night reading the whole test and I saw completing the square method. Oh, so it was completing the square method that gave birth to the formula. Ah. I crammed the whole thing till today I can of it. And the next time he fixed the meeting at the government house, then I Chi was still governor. I went to government house to show completing this equipment. method. And so I read this verse and I saw first principles. First principles. Wait, so I had to start reading closely. Because I'd been a Christian for years before then. I'd never seen that word first principles. I've never heard anybody tell me about first principles. Okay, what is about? It? Let's continue. It says, "When you ought to be teachers, verse twelve, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God." Oh, so there are first principles in the oracles of God. You see, many people take spiritual education in order take spiritual education lightly, but they don't take any other education lightly. Just imagine as a parent, imagine you raised your child without knowing how to count one, two, three. Imagine you raised your child without knowing how to recite A, B, C, D. Then, two letter words. A, T, at. G, O, go. Then, three letter words. Then, four letter words. The same thing applies in the spirit. Learning to pronounce. Learning to talk. See, when we are talking about this in speaking in tongues and all of those things, those things are basic. Those Those are still basic. Then imagine the journey from Nozir One, Nozir Two, nosri Three, Primary One to Six, GS One to GS One to Three, SS One to Three. He's seen already for the labour market. He's seen already. They will say he has O level. Ah, all those things O level, physics O level. <laughs> hey, to today. Sometimes you will see some things in physics. Eh, it's not straightforward. They will tell you that when water is melting from zero to three is normal by 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 four degrees, it becomes different. They will tell you the anomalous expansion of water. (laughs) (laughs) Even now when they say it's not O-level. As you can see, your pastor goes to school. And I did not just go to school, I was a teacher then. Even then, I was a teacher. That's so as difficult as that thing is, you are still calling it O-level. Ah. Then he will not spend extra four years when he comes out. He has a degree that is the that is the he has received the basic. He can, are you with me? He will not still go for one year and composing NYC before he can now apply for a job. That's roughly 14 to 16 years of educating the mind to be ready for the labor market. How much more spiritual growth? Are you seeing that? Listen, there's a lot. There are so many things that many Christians ought to have embraced. So you see, many of you, you need catching up. There's catching up you have to do. Praise the Lord. So we are not just, a ministry is not just here for the sake of, we have a job. Are you with me? Verse 12. Which be the first principle of oracles of God and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Verse 11. Verse 13, please. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So there is something called skill in the word of righteousness. Verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That tells you that good and evil in the things of the spirit are not obvious. You need some level of discernment to differentiate. Then go to chapter 6. There's a flow of thought. Chapter 6, verse 1. So he's talking to the Hebrew church, not you. He was trying to tell them, you guys have been on this low level for too, much, for too long. It's time to move on. He says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, in trying to tell the Hebrew church to move on, he began to reveal to us what the first principles are. Are you with me? In trying to tell them, move from where you are to where you ought to be. He started telling them what they are. And that's why he's written now, so that we can be blessed also. He says, Therefore, living the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us. Can we read it together? Is it on the screen? Everybody, one, two, three, go. Therefore, living the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us. Perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Repentance from dead works and what? And faith toward God. And what? On the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands. As you can see, laying on of hands is not just a practice, it's a doctrine. It's a first principle in the doctrine of Christ. Praise the Lord. And of the resurrection of the dead. And the last one is what? And eternal judgment. Verse 3, what does verse 3 say? And this we will do if God permits. So he's saying... We are supposed to emphasize all of these things and we are only going to move if God permits. So he says, this we will do. Meaning we are going to move from these things to deeper things when God gives us permission. So as a church, as a minister, raising the people, the Holy Ghost will now tell us when they have been strong enough in the basics and it's time to move on. Are you with me? Verse 4. It says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Now he has gone into... Deeper matters. So, you can call this one basic, Bible basic course. You can call this one level one basic course or advanced basic course part one. Are you with me? For it is important for those who were once enlightened, spiritual enlightenment. Uh Keep on reading. For it is important for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. Tasting of the heavenly gift. Uh Number three. And we made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Partaking of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Number four. And of the good, and tasted of the good word of God. Verse five. And the powers of the world to come. So, this is another level. Most of what we did in Bethel has to do with this. Spiritual enlightenment. tasting of the heavenly gift. In fact, let me give you an idea. Because somebody says, who is wondering what this taste he- of the heavenly gift is? Let me see your hand. i wonder wondering what he's talking about. So the Bible says that if our body of this earth be destroyed, we have a gift reserved for us in the heaven. He was talking about the new body we will receive. You see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 1. It says, if our body be dissolved, we have a heavenly gift. Everybody read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. It says says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we had have a building of God, a house not made with hands, a tunnel in the heavens. So every Christian, as you are born again right now, this body is still a body of earth. God has a heavenly body for you. But he's telling you that right now you can taste of it. It is true you cannot enter the fullness of it until Christ comes where you can taste of it. This is where healing falls under. So the Holy Spirit on earth is God's foretaste of what we are supposed to have in heaven. The healing experience, the, the health experience in heaven. He wants you to taste of it right now. So much under this. Some of the things we teach. The way I break down the Bible, the good word of God. So why am I showing you all of this? There is work, all of this. Basic level one, basic level two. After this, I even see some other things. So, when we are talking about secrets of change, it's not because there is nothing else to do. But you see, there are some things that believers need to know, learn, and master. Are you with me? The things that will move you from one level to the other. Secondly, the reason we are teaching this is not because the gospel is not paramount on our hearts. Instead, it is because the gospel is central to us. Are you following me? I know somebody is wondering, what is pastor teaching today? Just follow me. Hallelujah. What did I say? The gospel is central to us. After me, the gospel is central to us. And I think I need to start from there. The centrality of the gospel. Because many Christians, they know about secrets of change. See, this is what I'm going to teach on secrets of change. You have heard them before but I just want to emphasize them because the Holy Ghost is asking me to emphasize them. Are you with me? They, many of them, they know different mysteries and principles on how to move forward, but the very thing on the mind of God, eh? they don't understand it. And that is why sometimes even the things they think, the keys or the principles they think they are working on don't even seem to work. The Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You need to understand that there is something central on the mind of God, it is the gospel. Start after me, the gospel. So I will start from there. And of tail into the secrets of change, the one we can take for today. Say so with me the centrality of the gospel. The gospel is also known as good news, it is the message of the Bible. Is what the Bible teaches. Yes, the Bible talks about breakthrough. The Bible talks about secrets of change. The Bible talks about divine intervention. But the message of the Bible is the gospel. So, quick definition. What's the gospel? The gospel is that God has accepted the sacrifice of Jesus as the ultimate payment for sins. The gospel is that God has accepted the sacrifice of Jesus As the ultimate payment for sins and bestows eternal life on all who believe. You missed a place to share glory. As a Christian, it needs to be deep-seated inside of you. A deep-seated understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel is the reason why we do everything we do. Are you following me? The gospel is the reason why we do everything we do. Say, after me, the gospel is the reason why we do everything we do. The gospel begins with the fact that God is good. God is just. God is holy. God is perfect. But men are sinful. Men are depraved. Men are not perfect. Men are unjust. Not because God made them that way, but because they chose that way. So, what will a good God, a God who is high in holiness, a God who is perfect, a God who is full of justice, do with men who are full of darkness? If you understand this, you understand that the church, first and foremost, has a rescue mission. The day Adam disobeyed God and ate of that fruit, and the Lord said, the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Adam died. And the death was spiritual. It first happened in the spirit, and over time it happened in the flesh. Mufat's translation, a deeper translation, before all this, our King James, reads, in the day you eat of the fruits, in dying you shall die. Let me tell you something, anybody... Who has not received Jesus Christ into his heart and the eternal life that Christ gives. He may look so fine, He may have a very handsome um, face. He, he may have a fresh haircut. She may have a Coke bottle figure eight, but she's dead. He's dead. He's a walking corpse. Every time you see the news, somebody was killed, somebody was raped. Uh, Eighty billionaires are stolen. But and so accountant. Anytime you hear things like that, it's a reminder that men are dead. So the fruits of darkness will keep on coming out of them. Are you with me? It's a reminder that all those people you are seeing, they are walking corpses covered by a good body. That over time, see, when you see people die, eh, like somebody dies, breath leaves the person. It's proof that what God said is still true. Because man was not, God did not plan for men to die. This thing is so serious. It's so serious. The problem about it is that it's in the spirit. So you don't really get it. When they say eh, eh, he's dead spiritually, to you, the, the response of God to the men man is what? Justice. Say after me, justice. He's going to punish them eternally. That's the idea of eternal judgment. That the consequences of our deeds are eternal. This thing will last forever. And God knows that the judgment is not just when a man falls down and dies on the earth. When he dies physically, he will go and die eternally. There is a teaching that says, when people die, they, go to, they do purgatory. <laughs> purgatory is not biblical. Study the Bible. That in purgatory, somebody can pray for them. And when you pray for them, if the prayer can reach enough, you can bring him from, even if he has done evil, you can bring him from there. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. Read all the, the, the biblical examples of pocket. You'll be, you'll be shocked. Luke 16, verse 16. Or oh, not Luke 16, verse 16, but it's in Luke 16. The rich man, Abraham, the rich man and um, Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. What happened? At that instance, eh? As at that time, oh, can I really say this? But I will explain. As at that instance, nobody has gone to heaven. They were in a place called Hades. Inside Hades, God already separated them. Inside Hades. The rich man was already in a place of torment. Are you with me? And Lazarus was already in Abraham's bosom, inside Hades. So the judgment is immediately. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, what? The judgment. After this, the judgment. The judgment happens immediately. There is no space for God to reject to the file. There is no... Lo- what did the Bible say? The Bible said that when the rich man died, the angels, actually the angels of death, the spirits of death, they came and carried his body. Immediately the person dies. Look at Moses. When Moses died, what happened? The Bible says the devil came immediately to collect his body. It means the devil knew that anyone who is not saved belonged to him. You don't understand. There is no space for purgatory. Once a person dies, once the child of God dies, the angels of God come. Once a, 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 the child of the devil comes, the father comes. <laughs> the angels of darkness, they, they come and collect the body. And that's not just talking about your physical. When we go out to preach the gospel and we are doing outreach and we are sharing tracks, it's not just a church growth strategy. It's a rescue mission. Tell anybody the centrality of the gospel. But you see, God in as much as he is just and a perfect judge and will met out justice, he's also love. So how will he watch his creation just waste away like that for eternity? He must do something. You know, many people present the gospel in such a way that, okay, God is just happy. Say yes. You know all those teachers that they are happy when you feel. Yeah. When they give you those questions and you're like, oh God, everybody is sweating. The hall is quiet. You know that this question, hey, hey. no hope, game over, closed. And the teacher will just pass. I told you. Read your book, read your book. You will not know read Arrow of God. <laughs> read your book. Read your book. You will not read. <laughs> people that were in the same department with me, these people that made arrow of God, they can. It is his will. God's not like that. Every single soul that dies without the gospel causes him to bleed go far. Imagine you have children and somehow, somehow you are a judge. Maybe you are the chief justice or the senior advocate of Nigeria and something happened. Three of your children were involved in a financial fraud or they were involved in a murder case. They killed somebody to do money ritual. Then you have to be the judge to judge the case. And you have to sentence them to death. Won't you be looking for a way to Yes, you know you are a judge, but you are looking, you, have to, you will start thinking, how can I, how can I arrange this thing to get them free? Your wife will hold you and say, please, oh great judge, do something. You'll be thinking, okay, maybe I can, that's the same thing God was doing. What can I do? How can I save these people and still be right in doing so? Are you following me? Because, as the Chief Justice of Nigeria, there is no way you will save your children without thinning your hands. But God, who knows how to justify the ungodly and still be just. Mm. So, He came as a man in Jesus, took the death, the eternal death that you are supposed to die. So, all the death you would have died for eternity because God is, you know, time, God does not live in time, time lives in Him. So, if He does something once, it can affect all eternity. So he became a man. So that when he dies that debt, that's one debt to pay for all eternity. When he goes to hell once, when he descends into hell, that one descent into hell can pay for your going to hell for all eternity. So he that believes in him will not go to hell. Are you with me? Are you understanding the gospel? And when he's resurrected as a brand new man, anyone who believes in him, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Now, this is the message everybody must hear. This is the rescue message that if a person believes this, he will be set free. 2 Corinthians 15, chapter 5, verse 15, please. after me, I believe the gospel. after me, I trust in the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. It says, it's interesting, it's better interesting from verse 14. Can we start from verse 14? It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Better put, the love of Christ motivates us. Because we us, George, we have come to understand. we us, George, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. If one person had to die for all men, then all men deserve to die. Are you with me? Because we have come to understand that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Verse 15. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. No wonder the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. What did you do to deserve this? Nothing. It's just that he loved you. So he's, he beckons on all the world to open their hearts and receive the gospel. Believe and you will be saved. Trust in him and you will be saved. And that he died for all that they which live should not live henceforth unto themselves. So, after you've received this message, you cannot... But take up a responsibility to share this message to others. Are you with me? Are you with me? He says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Who are the they which live? The they which live are those who have received the message. Because you can be Adam, walking but dead. So in the sight of God, you are not living, no. We are a walking corpse. So he says, and that he died for all, that they which live... In the context of this verse, who are the day which live? Those that believe the gospel. that day which live do not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Teach you for another day. Shall glory. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new all things have become new. Say after me, all things have become new. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, verse 18. And all things are of God. Everybody read verse 18 together. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you know that this verse eh? It's one of the most unpacked verses in the Christian faith. Most people don't know what this verse means. He has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. In normal reconciliation, if I make you angry, I'm supposed to come and say, I'm sorry. I annoyed you. No verse. But in Bible re- reconciliation, as we have seen here, we made God angry, but on God's own, he reconciled us to himself. So, by the sacrifice of Christ, he said, Because of what Christ will do, I will not be angry with them again. And he did this thing when you did not even know that he had done it for you. He says, While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That God demonstrated his love for us. That even while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, he reconciled you to himself. You know, when a boy and girl are are dating and they have a quarrel, the quarrel can be so strong that we break up i not going his own way so i'm going his own way but there's a way the guy can love the girl i said i've missed this girl i've reconciled the girl to myself so <laughs> the next day you will see i pass on the road i say baby like, are you okay please do say see whether i like it or not i've reconciled you to myself uh, do, do you understand that but do you know that even after that the girl can still decide to turn away are you following me even after that the girl can say i no do even though you reconcile how maybe she's the one that caused the trouble no, no, ma- <laughs> no, it's not no man not is not normal in jesus name <laughs> it's an audience of god who has reconciled us to himself by jesus christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation what is that ministry verse 19 to wit, that god was in christ reconciling the world unto himself, not in putting their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. This is see This verse changes everything. That means, if I'm preaching the gospel and I'm saying something like this, all of you wearing the ring, the fire of God is coming to consume you. Sister, wearing trousers. trouser? Oh, sister, where did you come from last night? Brother, do you know that i'm saying something but that's not the gospel because if you want to follow this thing he's saying to wit that god was in christ reconciling the world unto himself not in their trespasses unto them and had committed unto us what the word of reconciliation what's the word of reconciliation verse 20 okay that word is still down but it's just 20 he's taking, he's taking time so let me stick with verse 19 go back to verse 19. so he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation that means god has reconciled the world to himself but we are the ones to tell it god has done it we tell it are you with me so what is the ministry of reconciliation what's the scope of the ministry of reconciliation it is that god was in christ he reconciled the world to himself did not input their trespasses unto them and now he has told us go and tell them that this is what I have done is it making sense are you following me somebody is thinking pastor I thought our topic is secrets of change follow me follow me are you with me and I commend unto us the word of reconciliation verse 20 says now then we are ambassadors for Christ Ah, say after me, an ambassador for Christ. It says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did besiege you by us. So, it's as though God is coming to every man, but he com- he's coming to every man inside people. Whenever you go on evangelism, you are doing your ambassadorial duty. Now then, are we ambassadors for Christ as though God did besiege you by us? We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Remember the example we gave. The guy has reconciled the girl to himself. The girl has refused. He said, I don't want. The guy says, you are not angry with you again. I have reconciled you to myself. That is what God has done. But when the guy has tried and tried and he's seen that his own job is failing, he will not call the girl's friend. Say evening, Evelyn, come, see. Go and beg her. Tell her that I'm not angry again. Tell her that I cannot sleep. That I'm thinking about her. So the evening goes and tells the other lady, be ye reconciled to Uchi. Uchi has reconciled it to himself, but be ye reconciled. So we go and tell people, he has paid for your sins. He's not angry with you again. If you reject what he has done, you will have to pay for yourself. But he has done it for you. Why are you wasting time? Be ye reconciled to God. Are you with me? Is it making sense? You know the funny thing? Many people, you are telling about Christ, they're like, "Eh, what is it? They don't know. So our job is to make them know. That's the job of ministry. And it concludes in verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Say after me, he was made sin for me. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That was what made him a perfect ransom. He committed no sin. He lived a perfect life because he was God in the flesh. Listen, he took on flesh. There were many temptations for him to sin, but he refused. He committed no sin, but died as a sinful champion. So that those of us who are sinful champions, we can come into the blessing of those who are saints. For he was made sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hey, I have been made the righteousness of God in him. I have been made the righteousness of God in him. Glory! This is the gospel. Now, because of the centrality of this message, God must get it out. This message has to reach the world. So God must do something. The message on its own is powerful. But how will men hear? How will men be saved? If God does not send people, are you with me? In the book of Romans says, how would they hear except they be a preacher? And how would they be a preacher except they be sent? It is on the basis of these sending mandates that your story must change. Did yeah. you hear what I said? Listen, the centrality of the gospel is what makes sure that, you see this thing we talk about breakthrough, increase change. If you know how much God needs to get the gospel out, you have to be tired of being small. Did you hear what I said? How can you preach the gospel when you are dying of sickness? See, the part of the problems, 50% of the problem in the faith today is because many people who are who ought to be soldiers of this message, they are struggling with issues of life. The Bible says, hmm. In Matthew chapter 13, can we open it? Let's open it. Are you following me? Matthew 13. From verse 3. He says, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith, they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scarred. And because they had no roots, they withered away. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. And some fell into good ground and brought forth fruit: some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Now, when he was explaining this parable, jump to verse 19. Verse 18, please. It says, here, yeah, yeah, here, therefore, the parable of the sower. When anyone heard the word of the kingdom and understanded it not, then come at the wicked one and catch it away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. People wonder, Pastor, why do you explain and explain and explain? You know, something happened recently. A man of God met me. He said, Pastor David, people call you teacher because you teach very well. He said, But the Lord told me to tell you, you are not just a teacher, you are a prophet. Now, when he said that, I said, Praise God, thank you, sir. You Knew that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I will never go anywhere. Never, never, never <laughs> go for, i not Go a prophet. No, God forbid. I, to me, you can put prophets in front of my name. Then I will not keep one big baby like this. <laughs> <Boli>. <laughs> no, no, no. One day, some group of boys were praying in school when I graduated. They prayed, 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 prayed. And one of them fell on the ground and started prophesying. The Lord says, Thus says the Lord. David O'Connorable. I have sent as an apostle, he talk, talk, talk. They cannot see. I came to school some months after. They came to meet me, because they were not following me. They were not my proteges. They came to meet me and said, "See what happened." I said, "If you like, say apostle, say prophet, say you will never." Have you even to put Pastor David in front of my name? I do not know who this had. I will not put any title. But what struck me was I went somewhere else, and another man of God said the same thing. But you know why I don't like emphasizing those things. It's not because I don't believe them. But the Bible says, when the word of the kingdom is preached and one understands it, it's not. The teaching ministry is so important that if you don't understand, you, are, you stand the risk of losing it. You must understand! As far as I'm concerned, I will do all the prophetic apostolic work, but I must give you to understand. I must make sure you understand. Somebody say amen. I must make sure you understand. Since when one understands it, not... The word of the kingdom. Then command the wicked one and capture away that which was sown. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Verse 20. So that's wayside, guys. Verse 20. But he that received seed into stony places is the same which I read the word. And anon with joy received it. Yet he hath not in himself, but endured for a while. King James says endured for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. You see, tribulation and persecution arise because of the world. Something happened to one of our precious sisters. She was going home and she was assaulted. She entered had one chance. And what disturbed me was that happened twice. So I went to pray about it and the Lord began to tell me, the devil has seen what I would do with that, with that girl. And so he's doing everything to ensure she stops coming. And the Lord said, do you know how much damage you, you cause to the devil every day? Like this morning. If I tell you the battle I had to fight to come to be in this service, Pastor Wisdom came to the office and I said, Pastor, what's the matter? With the look on my face, he already knew that. Ah, I told him well. I will be here till Jesus comes, breaking his head every day. He says, And he hath not root in himself, so by and by he's offended. Verse 22 He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world. That's where I'm going to. And the deceitfulness of riches choked the world. The care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the world and it becomes unfruitful. It so you come for a service like this, you are excited, man, and want to grow spiritually. God. Oh, Pastor David, the new breed. Oh, the word of God. Then you just go home. Two days later, your landlord comes and says, my rent. Say, oh, that? I thought you said, you will give you two weeks' notice. I know, on the, I know they give notice again. I don't change now. My rent. <laughs> my rent. You start battling with your rent. You go to the office. Promotion Since walk, 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 walk. No promotion. You try to do one business. Business went down. It is July. 2022 looked like it would be a better year. But things have not fallen in place. Then the pastor says, go out for evangelism. Go for the sending mandates. I say, pastor, you know you don't get. You don't understand. Pastor, I need a divine intervention. You are telling me go for mandates. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are telling me grow spiritually. This, what you are not seeing is that you are not seeing the connection. The devil is doing that thing effectively so that you will never, ever get serious with growing spiritually and become relevant to God that the mandates will spread. So he knows that if you can do, do this to 70% of Christians, it slows down the mandate. That is why it's not out of place for us to come and talk about breakthrough. When I'm the clean, open doors for you, I'm seeing not just the open doors, I'm seeing the relevance to the mandates. I'm seeing the... Send- so you see, challenges can choke the world. I've seen it in my personal life. I knew... See, I remember when I left... I was telling you about when I left the university, did my youth service... I knew how tough 2017 was for me. If not that I was already deep in God, Ah, maybe we will not be standing here. 2017 was one of the rough first years. You apply here, you apply here, you get rejection, me, rejection, me, ah, ah Who knows dragnet? God, may God forgive those people. At a point, I just knew that. I said, I will go somewhere. I can work for you for free. Just the reality of the physical world is designed to choke the word of God inside you. Choke you from the gospel. How can you be at one spot for so long without change? Impossible. So that means God is aware of this. So you will study the Bible, you will see that the Bible is not doesn't just preach the message of salvation, but the Bible is very abundant with miracles. Are you following me? Because God knows. It is true he wants to save souls, but he will save save souls through the men he has raised. Are you with me? He knows that there's no way this message will spread if he does not raise you, if your life does not change, if if you are busy for the rest of your life battling problems, you may never preach the gospel. That is why I decided the month of July, I'm going to open the scriptures and reveal to you the mysteries of how men move from one level to the other. How men change. Because it's possible. Because I'm, as I'm looking at you, you will not be like this in the next five years. In the next ten years, you will not look like this. Somebody told me one time, he said, Pastor David, I see you are a young minister. And then we we're using the classroom. He said, do you know what you do? Go and look for men that have money. And become their friends. We become the friends of men that have money. Once once to be supporting you in me. So you become the pillars in your church. I said, no. God did not send me to steal pillars. He sent me to raise pillars. No. The story is that they came here small, though. After a while they became mighty. They came here empty. Eh? But after a while, they became full. Are you with me? I know they told me. You are ministering, you are preaching to. are Small, small boys. They are small. More boys, God has brought us here. One woman gave a very insulting remark about me and our ministry. She said, I'm not going to allow my daughter come there. Eh, the, the boys are small small children, they cannot marry her. I said, Hey, eh, my mighty man, small small children. <laughs> they don't know because in a short while your hand will sign the checks of millions and billions in the name of Jesus. Believe it. Oh. I'm not even joking. I'm not even here to excite you because God sent me. I didn't come here to excite you. If you like, don't believe, if you like, walk out and think we are joking, you will come back and hear. When we started the church, a man came. We invited him. He sent his children. He sat outside. He says it's the children's church. When we moved to LA Kings, he said, hey, he called me and said, how are you doing it? I said, God sent me. They don't know. I want to beg you, this month, everything we are going to teach, please, hold it like your life depends on it. Hold it. Because like John, John said, that which we have seen, which we have handled of the word of life, that which declared to you, I'm telling you what has worked for me. And what to keep on walking till Jesus comes. There are things that if a man holds and takes seriously, he must change, he must move. I'm not even trying to brag, but by the grace of God, everybody that followed me in the past ten years, when I look back, they are all they are all on top. All one of my sons' name withheld. He was sharing with me said, "Sir, I just got a job in Microsoft. The only issue is that it may take some time." It is. It may be slow, but it is sure. It is sure. It is sure because when you get as the Lord increases you, the increase will be permanent. Tell anybody the secrets of change, and so I took my time to explain the centrality of the gospel, so that you know what it is for. So that as we are rising, we know that we have a sending mandate. Father, I thank you because this this congregation, in a short while. Lord, mighty financial giants are coming from this place. Mighty homes are coming from this place. Mighty businesses are coming from this place. Mighty careers are coming from this place. In the name of Jesus, mighty politicians are coming from this place. Captains of industry and captains of politics are coming from this place. In the name of Jesus. Same for all of you in Lagos Church. The same prophecy works for you. In the name of Jesus, Amen. pray in tongues one minute. Korabaka mande lipata, Kibarabakasha mande rekete, Kebe reketepe leke shigabada de Zeparaka talamande, Eteke tepe lekete, rekete tepe lekete, ropoko tope letterte. Upon this mountain, Chalatan shall we become champions. Papa shall become princes upon this mountain. I want to encourage you don't take any service lightly because it is only a serious approach that guarantees a glorious result. Take your destiny serious. No matter how much you have lost, no matter how late, it is not too late. That you are still hearing this, it means God is still able to do something with you. Praise the Lord. I remember a quote I always said when I was in school. I said, don't write off any man. That a man is still breathing, it means that God has not given up on him. Oh. Listen, before anything else, You must understand that the major influence on the physical world is the spirit realm. And this is something a believer must take very serious. The major influence on the physical world is the spirit realm. Galatians chapter 6. Use G sharp. Or G. Galatians 6 from verse 7. Galatians 6 verse 7, what does it read? Be not, be not deceived. Read that verse again. You know, when you see that verse, what may come to your mind first about so money, receive money, but it's deeper than that. Are you with me? How do I know? It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 8. It says, for he that sweat to his flesh, Shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sow to the spirits shall of the spirits reap life. So the sowing here is not just money, it's sowing to the spirit to receive life. God spoke these words to me 2016. Sorry, 2015 December. He says, He that sows to the spirits shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. He said, son, the spirit realm is the planting ground. You can sow to that realm and create the future. No matter what's around you right now, no matter how your life is right now, you can decide to begin to sow into that realm and create the next phase of your life. For he that sweats to this flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sweats to the spirits, he that sweats to the spirits, he that swear to the spirit, you know. Some people every day they do things, they, there is nothing they are doing today that is guaranteeing an insurance for them in the spirit for the next day. There is nothing, but today is going to change. Let me show another verse, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, from verse 2. Well, let's read from verse 1 now. So we we'll just flow together. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation (laughs) to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. What got my attention is the law of the spirit. He did not just say the the spirit has made me free from sin sin and death. He says the law of the spirit. (laughs) That means you can engage the spirit. It's a law. There is something you can do with the spirit that you enact laws. <laughs> what is a law? A law is something that is almost always constant. You can do something with the spirit that you enact a law. I'm trying to introduce you to take the spirit to them serious. People don't take the spirit to them serious. They think it's a joke. When you see causes play out in people's lives eh, and you wonder how everybody in that same family will have the same pattern. Once one is telling you a story. And the is telling you a story. Ah, ah, it's true. How come at the same time, this same person, that same person, all of these things happen at the same time. That's to tell you that somebody enacted a law that is influencing them. There is a law, there is a working formula doing this thing. But you can enact your own law. It says, for the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, the reason why we are under sin and death was because there were some laws that were enacted, but we can enact the law that we break that one. Tell your neighbour, take the spirit dreams serious. One more verse, and we'll begin to talk about how to take the spirit dreams, how to enact laws. We can't finish obviously today, but we'll start from somewhere. Romans chapter one verse twenty, it says, "For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead." so that they are without excuse. Everybody read this verse together. One, two, three, go. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know what he's saying here? That even if you don't want to believe in the spirit realm, eh? (laughs) when you look at the creation of the world, eh? it should tell you that something is behind this thing. How can you suspend the sun up there Decades, years, centuries have come and gone. The weight of the world did not fall. It did not just fall. Scientists will tell you that the earth is, is nothing is holding it. But the Bible tells us what is holding it. The Bible says he upholded all things by the word of his power. So he spoke something that kept that thing there. He upholded all things by the word of his power. So that means even if you don't want to believe in the word of God, any that you walk on the road like this, that you did not walk one day and the earth came like that, it started falling backward. <laughs> eh? Is that the word of God is alive? Raise your hands. Hebrews 11 from verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3. It says, Through faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen. We're not made of things which do appear. You know what I'm doing to you? I'm showing you that the invisible realm eh, has enough potential to make what does not exist to exist. Don't play, oh. Don't play. Because some of us, we have made up our minds that I will not leave my destiny to chance. No, I will not leave my destiny to chance. This one I know, I will work it that in the next 10 years, when you look at me, you say, ah, truly God made you. I will, not leave my, tell you about I will not leave my destiny to chance. Through faith we understand that the words are framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. That means I can engage spiritual laws. I can engage invisible things that will make the invisible become visible. Tell you about the law of the spirit. So still under the law of the spirit, the first thing you will understand in walking the law of the spirit is learning how to pray desperately. You you will learn how to pray desperately. I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about chicki chicki pray. I mean pray desperately. Something that when the spirit realm hears, you know, the Bible says, Why? He said, Collinius, your prayers have come to me as incense. The angel had to testify that that, that offering that Cornelius was doing, that prayer, it became an incense that heaven head. You will learn to pray desperately. Because the people you are contending with, men of the dark world, if you know what they do, if you know how they are desperate to, to influence this world with the powers of the spirit, realm, they will wake up in the night and carry blood. They will kill people and carry blood. Then you, you want to compete with them in industry. You don't know how to be desperate in the spirit. You are playing. People that did this to your family, many of them took sacrifices, charms all night. Then you are there and it's done. What is that? Is he in Domi? We finished service here one day. Five o'clock, a mad woman came to the gate and said, This pastor, this pastor that will not let us rest, will do you something. It's one year now, I'm still here. So anyway, pray desperately. Because let me tell you, one of the things waiting for you in your future is answered prayers. I know you are praying now, nothing is happening, don't worry. You remember, he that swear to the spirits, shall of the spirits, you will learn to pray desperately. James chapter five, from verse sixteen. I want to pray this morning, you know. James five from verse sixteen. Everybody, one, two, three, to three, go. It says, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do you have amplified? Put amplified. It says, confess your faults one to another. Your sleeps, your four steps, your offenses, and your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest heartfelt continued. Hell. Oh, yeah. The earnest heartfelt. If your heart is not feeling it, don't think your future will feel it. Hey. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh the Bible says guard your heart without diligence for out of it are the issues of life, it means if it can affect your heart I will enter this one next week to guard the gates of your heart we will talk about this one next week those of you that you just stand and be thinking what if car jam me, you have to stop it because what you don't know is that as you are thinking it, you are creating it what if this one just happened you will guard your heart what if you just become a billionaire <laughs> ah. what if the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in his working dynamic in his working ah I'm not even trying to brag I can tell you this nights karyakata, I prayed, I prayed, prayed, prayed I prayed there's no more tongues again his tears are continued 2008 2018 I mean please I was at a strong crossroad in my life where will I go I know God has called me how will I start where will I turn to do you know what I did I was doing it all night every day, every day all night. You know, so let me not talk about myself. Maybe you may not take me serious. Let me talk about somebody else. How many of you know Bishop Francis Valoke? So there was a time in his life where it looked like everything was going down. Ministry going down, family going down, money going down, health going down. Then the devil planned one scandal. You know, scandal that you hear and you're like. Ha, is it me you're talking about? He said, Do you know what he did? He said, Fasting and praying every night. He did it the first 50 days. Nothing changed. He did it 80 days. Nothing changed. He did it 100 days. Nothing changed. 120 days. Nothing changed. 140 days. Nothing changed. 160 nights of one night with fasting. But on the 189th night. <laughs> Now that night, he, he did not even feel like anything was going to happen. He, he woke up and he began to pray. Praying, praying. You know, he will fast in the day and break around 9 p.m. 7, 8. In the night, he was tired, but he was still praying. Then he heard a baritonic voice. The voice of God spoke audibly. He said, Francis, I have heard you. You see, there are different kinds of prayer. There is prayer for destiny. There's prayer that moves your destiny, and there's prayer for things. You know, we talk about prayer of faith. This one is the kind of thing that when your life changes, nothing, even if the devil try, you have already erected a structure in the spirit. Nothing can undo it. Says, St. Francis, stop praying. Say, dance before me, and all your enemies shall become nothing, and I will make their breasts dry. That's what the Lord said to him. Say the next day, everybody involved in the issue, the attack, they started confessing one by one. (laughs) Overnight, everything scandal died. This one disappeared. Now, you know, now people are looking at us every every Wednesday. We are gathering here, we are doing all night, we are constructing. Hallelujah few verses and we'll pray and we'll close this service. Genesis 25 from verse 21. The Bible says, Isaac was 40 years old. Everybody, wants three go, don't stop it. When he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of pan the sister to Laban, the Syrian, verse 21. And as he the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. You know, when I read this verse, Didn't God know the woman was barren? But the Bible says, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. I pray for you. Every barren area of your life receives conception right now. In the name of Jesus. Finally, Genesis 32. Genesis 32, from verse 24. This was a crossroad for Jacob. The Bible says, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him. Until the breaking of the day. Verse 25. You know some of you need to be left alone. You need to. Yes, go back to that verse 24. Some of you after this program. You need to go and tell yourself. Three days I will fast. Something. I'm too ordinary for my life. I'm too ordinary. There needs to be more to me. In my work with God there needs to be more. And Jacob was left alone. You know why we tell people to fast? Fasting helps you bring you back to order. You check yourself. No. And Jacob was left alone and there rested the man with him until the breaking of the day, verse 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, when the angel saw it, he did not prevail against Jacob. He touched the hollow of his tie and the hollow of Jacob's tie was out of joint as he rested with him, verse 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaker. The angel was telling Jacob, let me go. And I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall no call no more Jacob. But Israel. For as a prince that has power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Verse 29. And he asked him and said, Tell me, I prayed thy name. And he said, what? And there he blessed him. Praise the Lord. So I want to explain something here. When we read this verse. Most times, do you know what people think? People think that Jacob held the angel and they were fighting, and they were fighting. I believe there was actually a physical angel. Are you with me? And Jacob was really holding him. But I don't think it was all about the fights. There was something more spiritual there. Are you with me? I believe it was prayer. See, verse 30. And Jacob called the name of the place Penel. For I have seen God face to face. And my life is preserved, you know. Somebody saw the scripture and asked me, Pastor, therefore call the place Penel? Why need you call the program Camp I'll tell you why. Why need to call the program Camp Penel? And I'll tell you why. Go to Hosea chapter 12. Hosea chapter 12 from verse 3. You will see a prophetic parable there about Jacob and what happened here. So he's describing Jacob. He said he took his brother by the heel in the womb. Who knows the story of Jacob? Now, when Jacob was coming, he was the one that held his brother's leg. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength, he had power with God. Verse 4. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. What's, what's, what's he saying? I thought it's Penel that Jacob called the place. You see this thing that happened with Jacob where he held the angel. In the spirit God still called it Bethel because if he prayed like this that first time, okay, so many of you know around on Friday where I did that teaching. Remember it was at Bethel where he first had an encounter with God. It was at Bethel that God encountered him. Meaning, if he prayed like this that first time, eh, he would not have had to waste all that long time. So even though he prayed now, after 20 years, seven years for for Rachel, seven years for Leah, then six years for his wages. After 20 years, he now got to somewhere and prayed. God still called it better. Because if you prayed like that that first time, maybe you will not have. The day you wake up to desperate prayer, the day that's the day you have woken up to destiny.